Welcome to the bonus episode on Kingdom of God, part two. Well, Zach, we took a look at uh, the beginning of the kingdom, what the Old Testament says about God's rule, God's reign. The one thing that we left out that we wanted to come back and pick up is the role of the Messiah in yeah. all of that. So in Isaiah chapter 9, um, a, a, a verse that, that we know very well, Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us and a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. So there's God's rule. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I can't read that without thinking of Handel's Messiah and just those majestic notes. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Um, wow, that's, yeah. that's just an incredible Pretty bold. prophecy. Bold and um, just so obviously referring to Jesus. Right, right. It's hard, it's hard to read that and not think of Jesus, isn't it? Right. In the book of Malachi, the very end of uh, the Old Testament, you get Malachi, uh, it, literally the last three verses in the Old Testament. Malachi 4, 4 to 6, Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulation that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I'd come and strike the land with a curse. So, you get a lot of things there. Uh, Malachi is not known for predicting the future, but these last three verses are just so obviously about the ministry of Jesus that they are repeated uh, in the New Testament several times. First, you have the reference to Elijah, who would be in the New Testament. John the Baptist. Absolutely. Uh, John made a definite attempt to identify with Elijah. Right. Dressed like him, lived like him, ate like him. Um, so much so that when Jesus uh, asked the disciples, who do you say, who, who do the people say I am? Their answer was, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, which it's one answer. Right. Yeah. Huh. You also get here a reference to the change. When the Messiah comes, he'll bring reconciliation and change, repentance and change. Mm -hmm. Hearts of the fathers will be melted to their children. The hearts of the children will turn towards their fathers. That's, that's not a reference to earthly fathers. That's not a reference to, <laughs> to sons and daughters and moms and dads. It's, it's a reference to uh, ancestry and uh, 
uh, yeah, our fathers, uh, we will, will understand, will become one. And then, of course, you have the reference, obvious reference here to the Messiah. That uh, uh, the Messiah is the one who introduces what Malachi calls the dreadful day of the Lord. Yeah. And you read the book of Revelation, you kind of understand why. <laughs> right. right. So let's pop over one book to the New Testament. Um, in the New Testament, the introduction to the kingdom of God actually didn't come from Jesus. It came from John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, uh, John began to preach. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So, uh, repenting your sins, turn to God. Just like Malachi said, you've got Elijah, the one coming in the wilderness, speaking um, John the Baptist goes on, and especially in the book of Luke, uh, we hear a lot of John's message, and he refers back to the kingdom of God quite a bit. Which leads me to believe, because John and Jesus were actually related, and apparently knew each other before Jesus showed up at the Jordan River when John was baptizing. What did they talk about? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, nothing about John seems all that typical. <laughs> you know, That's so, an understatement, yeah. So, so I'd say, uh, I, I, I don't know that we can know that. <laughs> yeah, but you do get them. I mean, they both start talking about the kingdom of God, so apparently that was part of it. That's true, that's true. They both have miraculous births. And apparently their mothers told them about that. So that was probably part of their conversation. Yeah. Like, I've always been led to believe that a lot of what Jesus knows about the Bible or about Scripture was from reading it. Yeah. Um, do you think John pulled that same information, or do you think part of this is from... You know, I think so. Because his father was a priest. His right. father would have had access to to uh, books and, right. and whatnot. Hmm. Some people think because of the way John dressed, because he lived in the wilderness, that he was an Essene. Uh, he he uh, went off to study with this sect of Judaism yeah. called the Essenes. And they're pretty hardcore. They're pretty hardcore. We have no way of knowing that, but uh, it could have been. Could have right. been. Didn't they live almost communally? Yeah. Yeah. They did. Because that's what I, I've read people uh, when talking about, like the book of Acts, um, almost wonder if the reason you don't see some of that almost communal looking living was because some of those people had a background with the Essenes. Yeah. Which I'd, yeah. makes sense. It could. It could very easily could. So when Jesus comes, same book, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from then on Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins, turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, very same message that John was preaching, at least at this point. Now, later on, Jesus shifts his message when the disciples understand that he is the Messiah and he is bringing the kingdom of God. Now he starts talking about, here's what the kingdom of God is like. 
You get a little bit of that in the first half of Matthew, uh, a lot more of it in the second half of Matthew and uh, the book of Mark. Then you also get Mark chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, announcing the gospel of the kingdom. So Jesus preaches about the kingdom of God. And uh, in, the, in the part one of the bonus episode, we looked at the vocabulary. 34 times Matthew uh, uses kingdom of heaven. It's all in Jesus' mouth. Luke, 31 times. That's all in Jesus' mouth. Mark, a uh, dozen or so times. Again, it is all teaching of Jesus. So this is what Jesus was preaching. This is what he was selling. The kingdom of God is near. You better be a part of it. Well, even all of his parables are about the kingdom of God. How, Most what, of what them. What is the kingdom of God like? You know, right. Not all, but right. know, the vast majority. Vast majority of them are. So let's take a look at that. Um, what does Jesus say about the kingdom of God? He says, first of all, the kingdom of God is here. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 to 21. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is here among you. And I think what he was saying that, what he was saying was, here I am. If I'm here, my rule is here. And it's not a physical place. It's, it's not a location. It's not a location. Yeah. It's not a location. It's a rule. It's accepting uh, the rule of God over us. And Jesus... Is that rule? It's where Christ is. That's right. Right? That'll play in later. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, the kingdom of God is, has an opponent. Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, in the context, the Pharisees, I believe it's here that they are accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons. Mm -hmm. And that is actually, I looked it up one time. I think there are four separate occasions. When you look at the four Gospels, there are four separate occasions in which the Pharisees say this publicly to the crowd. Right. And there is one reference in the Babylonian Talmud to a Joshua ben Joseph mm -hmm. who was a magician. Joshua, son of Joseph, is that? <laughs> Jesus, the son of Joseph, yeah, who was a magician. And what did magicians do? Uh, they played around with demons. So even in the Talmud, this comes out. Well, on this occasion, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus uh, decides to confront them. And he says in verse 28, okay, 
Okay. If I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Um, Jesus draws a huge difference here between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. He does not here go the route of saying the Pharisees are part of the kingdom of Satan. But in other places, he actually makes right. that statement. Sons of Satan. You are right. sons of Satan, yeah. That is your father. <laughs> is this the uh, a house divided, like a kingdom divided? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if uh, verse 27, he's just said, well, no, 25, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. If Satan is casting out Satan, he's divided and fighting against himself, his kingdom won't survive. If I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? That's what New Living Translation. The other translations say, what about your sons? Hmm. They cast out demons, so they'll condemn you for what you've said. <laughs> hmm. So Jesus just says, this whole thing is really tricky. Uh, just saying that I am using Satan's power to cast out Satan, uh, that doesn't cut it. There is a huge difference between God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. I am God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 11. Jesus identifies the kingdom of God with the day of the Lord. Matthew chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, talking about uh, John the Baptist here. Uh, John is at present, but Jesus is talking to the crowd about John the Baptist. He says, uh, from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Violent people are attacking it, for John came, and all the prophets and the law of Moses Look forward to this time. This is the day of the Lord. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is here. That inaugurates the dreadful day of the Lord. Now Jesus talks about the violence. Mm -hmm. We don't tend to think of Jesus as a violent person. No, but he does say that he came to divide. He does. And he casts out demons. He destroys demons. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's some of that there. Now, the, just, to, just to ask where you stand on this, the day of the Lord, um, do you believe that that's a typological prophecy, that it unfolds multiple times? Um, for instance, Rome taking uh, Jerusalem, there's a lot of people that view that as the day of the Lord that's like referenced in... Uh, yeah. When Jesus says, like, the, a, stern, a stone won't be left unturned. and I'll be honest with you, Zach. I have not studied end time stuff very much because it's so confusing. Right, right. I'm confused by other things in Scripture that I want to get clear before I get to the end time stuff. That's fair. So I don't know. I could see it. Well, the reason I ask is because that, 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 all of that discourse is, that's in the New Testament. Or, sorry, that's in right. the Gospels. That's right, not in right, the, right. That's what I'm talking and about. And that would be Matthew 24, 25 and Mark 13. Right. Because I think a lot of people immediately want to take that and go to the end. 
where I think it's actually more connected to the, the gospel than that. And it could could very well be uh, the, uh, that is that where the abomination of desolation yeah, 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 occurs? Yeah. 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 It yeah. seems like a very direct reference. That's it, yeah. It's just a side note. I was just, just curious. And that certainly could be uh, uh, the destruction of the temple. It could even be uh, Caligula mm -hmm. setting up his statue in the temple right. so his loving subjects can adore him. Right, his loving subjects. <laughs> the, uh, the governor of Israel, by the way, at that time, stuck the statue in a closet and wrote Caligula and said, oh, they love you. <laughs> Uh, the kingdom of God is present. The kingdom of God is also future. Matthew chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. Um, I tell you this, many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east to west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. Boy, it doesn't get any clearer than that, does it? <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't want to be thrown out of that party. That's right. <laughs> Jesus is saying, you know, this is, this is new. This is new. A lot of people who like in Amos's day thought, oh, you know, we're okay because we are genetically Abraham's children. They're going to be surprised. Right. Kingdom of heaven, it's present, it's future. Kingdom of heaven um, is in strong contrast to the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of heaven is identified with the day of the Lord. Uh, these are just some of the things that kind of define what the kingdom is. Uh, we said on Sunday, the kingdom is all about Christ's sovereignty over our lives. Do we indeed accept him as king? That's what the bottom line of the kingdom of God is. And kind of what you talked about earlier, if the kingdom is where Jesus is. Yeah. When he looks at all of the disciples and he says, I'll be with you till the end of the age. I'm with you forever. That's right. Well, then the kingdom of God is with all those who follow Christ. That's right. Us. So, yeah, so we, yeah. we walk with the kingdom. We take the kingdom to the world. That is That should be our goal. Right. Right. Yeah. We're going to come back with one more uh, episode, uh, one more bonus episode, uh, where we talk about specific things that Jesus taught about the kingdom.